Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. See, it feels a little better. Get the energy up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. We are here in the podcast studio overlooking a beautiful San Diego day. Can't complain, right? No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. All right, we got Miss Donna Denham. I said it's it right. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Donna, tell us what it is that you do. I am a family law lawyer. I help people, good people, through really tough situations. That's a nice way to put it because mm-hmm. it's it's definitely one of those times in people's lives where it's you know hitting the fan, right? Yeah. If you're calling me, you're not having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Right. But somebody's got to be there to counsel mm-hmm. your way through it. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So before we get into Donna's story, I want to make sure that we get some shout outs because. You know, we got to acknowledge people who are doing good things. And first of all, let's start off with our friends. We got Keir Weimer. We got Bill Rossi, Miss Tabitha Richardson, Von Triolio, Kyle Correjo, Jonathan. And I don't have a last name for you, Jonathan. It was on Instagram, but he's a barber. And we're going to get to talking uh, about his barbershop. Is it Jonathan Jordan? Uh, I don't know. Might have been Jonathan Jordan, but we will see. All right. All right. And it was on Instagram. No name. So, and then we have our congratulatory sale. Yeah, tell us about that. Drum roll. Three escrows. Ooh. Three escrows. One's in Script Ranch, Mira Mesa, and Rancho Bernardo. Jamal Johnson. Keep crushing it, Nice. Jamal Johnson with three escrows? Three escrows closed. Amazing. All right, here you go. Here's the card. All right, I'll give the shout-outs to everybody. There we go. And now we're going to jump into Miss Donna's story. So... We had the pleasure of conversing before the show because you're not really in the real estate world. We're branching out a little bit, right? And so I wanted to give you, you know, the 411, which I probably shouldn't say that. There's some younger audiences that won't even know what that is. But we're, you know, we're giving, they have Google now. We have Google now, right? It's, okay, it's equivalent to Google that, right? Okay, so we're giving you the information about the show. And um, you told me a little bit about what your past life was. So tell me a little bit about, you know, where did Ms. Donna come from? Well, I'm originally from the East Coast, originally from Massachusetts. So if you get me talking sometimes, I might be packing the car somewhere, but Ooh. that's originally from there. But moved here in 1978, so I'm oh, hold practically on, hold on. native. Say quarter. Quarter. Oh. Quarter. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing to get you guys to say. It's great. <laughs> All right, so you came down to San Diego. Came down to San Diego in uh, 1978. So I went to Point Loma High, San Diego State. Um, go so Aztecs. I'm, yeah, go Aztecs. I know that you're an alumni as well so um so i started there and then i uh was a competitive bodybuilder what yeah it's competitive bodybuilder for years yeah it was really a lot of fun wow. yeah i was fourth in the u.s in um in my weight class in the 90s 
Wow, you don't you don't bump yeah. into that. We've had uh, we've had one other person who's done it, uh, Jose with Visionary Media. Mm-hmm. I, I saw he he went to like bodybuilding, like you know where he was showing off muscles and you know on stage. That's amazing that, that you guys fun. do that. I mean, how much dedication goes into your life to be lot. able to do that? Yeah, that's a lot. A lot of hours. Well, a lot of hours. A lot of dedication. It was really fun. Well, here's a testament about what you do in life, because. Uh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of dedication, right? Yeah. Okay, so. So, after so I did that. So after bodybuilding, then I got into the insurance business. Um, actually, I got I, I graduated from uh, graduated from San Diego State and then wanted to go to law school, always wanted to go to law school. And then I didn't. Instead, I got married. And then um, that didn't work out. Uh, so I got a divorce. And it was awful. It was just an awful experience, as opposed to those really good divorces. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So it's just really awful. Wait, there are good ones? Yeah. No, there's no such thing as good divorce, <laughs> even if it's amicable. It's always just a hard, hard yeah. thing. So um, so I got, um, I got a divorce, and then I was working as an insurance agent, property and casualty. And I just always wanted to go to law school, and I finally thought, you know what? I want to be a lawyer, and I want to only practice family law, and I want to help people have a better experience than I did and help people through a bad time. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's funny how when we, when we drink some sour milk, we kind of want to make sure nobody goes through the same mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can under, so I can relate to people. Yes. I can relate to what it's like. It's, it's not, not a fun experience. So, so I had a house in Scripps ranch. So I sold everything. I quit my job. I sold my house, and then I thought I wanted to move back to Massachusetts to practice law, to go to law school. I went to law school in Massachusetts for my first year, and then spent a winter there and thought, oh, okay, this is not what I remember. (laughs) I don't remember it like this, Um, although having some snow days was kind of fun. And then I was out here on uh, spring or winter break, and it was, you know, December and 70 degrees, and Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I flew back to Logan Airport, and it was a blizzard and two hours to my apartment, and I went, I think... I think I'm going to transfer back. Yeah, yeah I think so, San Diego is the place yeah, to be. Yeah, so I transferred back to Cal Western. That's when I finished up at Cal Western. All right, so let, take me back though. You, you went through a hard time, right? You, you decided to get married instead of going pursuing your dream of going to law school. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know what's it like to now be? I don't want to say set free, but now you're going to make a decision to to pursue your dream. Walk me through what you were feeling then. Just scared i mean i went it was 30 i was 35 years old so going back to school after being out for a long time that was hard it was humbling because i didn't i mean you can't work you're not allowed to work when you're through law school and at the time i didn't know that i actually and i just was just diagnosed about five years ago with narcolepsy so i didn't even know i had narcolepsy so i was constantly falling asleep i mean constantly falling asleep in you know, a law library it's like i'm waking up you know drool all over myself and it was just that's a, a big that's challenge a tough one. yeah is, it there, was, is there a cure for narcolepsy yeah. mm-hmm. or you just kind of deal with it mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's a neurological disorder and there's just no so there's you, no cure for it so you thought maybe it was the material that was putting you to sleep <sighs> and it turns out just, it was something else yeah. turns out it was exactly so wow. it was a uh, yeah so that was humbling and i just had to keep pressing through and and I didn't I didn't know at the time what was wrong you know I just thought oh why can't I you know why can't I why can't I stay awake and yeah and if you've never if you have narcolepsy it's like being if somebody doesn't have narcolepsy it's like being awake for 
24 to 48 hours. So if you've ever been awake for 24 to 48 yeah, hours, you think of it, what, what's my name again? You know, yeah. that, that's how you think sure it affects your cognitive functioning and, and all that. So it was, a, it was a pretty good challenge. So you had, on top of learning law and then passing the bar, you had to deal with that, that struggle. Mm-hmm. That and it took me one. three times to pass the bar. Well, I don't, I rarely hear anybody who takes mm-hmm. it the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. it took me three times to pass the bar in, in uh, California. And then um, fortunately, when I took my specialist exam for family law, it, I only, I only took it once. once. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I told my husband, we're not moving ever because I'm never taking another bar exam ever. <laughs> <laughs> what a grueling ever process again. it already was, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So, so you, you just, I mean, that was a big leap, first of all, you know, just to go out and do that 35 years old and just essentially starting life over again Mm -hmm. but at least you had a focus on what it is you wanted to do so you go to law school you finally pass the bar exam then what then i wanted to get some experience in family law so i did a lot of volunteering i did the ywca legal advocacy program um, that was all for free, all voluntary. And then I did, uh, I worked in the domestic violence restraining order clinic. So I tried to get as much experience as I possibly could while I was looking for a job. Doing pro bono work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did you decide that you were going to, you know, do your own thing? Well, I worked for a firm for a few years and it was, they were, they were great. And then I went to another firm, um, and that they were also great. And then about, 20 let's see was it 2013 i left the firm and went out on my own for a little bit and then um partnered up with a gal that i went to high school with and we did a partnership um, for a few years and we just i just we just split that partnership up last year and that this was all downtown and i live here in chula vista mm-hmm. so we i split that up. the commute was just crushing just two hour commute mm-hmm. it was just awful and i hated being downtown i mean just just it's crazy. Two-hour commute, and you live in Chula Vista. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so many podcasts. I mean, no offense. There's only so many podcasts you can listen to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just, so the quality of life is terrible. So um, so we split the partnership up, and it's great. She, we're still really good friends. And I moved my office to right off of Benito, 805 and Benita Road. Oh, right off of East Yeah, Street. right off of right off of the 805. And 805 on the east and Benita. Um, uh, well, if you're coming 805 South... You make a make a left on Bonita Road and like one block, and I'm right there on the right hand side. By the car wash. Right after the car wash. Right after the car yeah. wash. Yeah, okay, it's this nice little there. round yeah. building, Spanish building. It's really great. It's not. I mean, I've got free parking. And... I know that building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know that building? That was where we signed our very first escrow when we bought that house in Pedigo. Oh yeah. It's, it's a great right. building. It has a it has a great. <laughs> and I wanted something that was more of a of a of a not an office type mm-hmm. spot, spot more. I mean, so you can be a relaxing vibe. Yeah. You open up the doors in my office and there's a, a courtyard that has a fountain and, you know, I've got a little couch in my office and because it's people's lives. And so yes. I didn't want something that was really sterile and, and all that. And then my, have my little, my little two and a half pound chihuahua, which I almost was going to bring Olive, my little, <laughs> my little service dog, she's my little service dog. Yeah, keeps you awake. Yeah, yeah. Oh. She's trained by a Golden State Service Dog. So shout out to Michelle on that. And wow. Yeah, and she's a rescue from Long Beach. Live Love Animal Rescue was the um, Emily and Live Love Animal Animal Rescue is where she came from. So yeah, she was the rent of the litter and 
So but, she's my. But she's your little miracle. She's my doll. Yeah. Ah, all right. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's work this back a little bit. Okay. Okay. So um, you're you're going to law school. You're you're starting to look for a job. You're doing pro bono work. How are you surviving? I was living with my mom. Oh. Yeah, my mom, who is really great. She was the one who said, because I said, oh, mom, I don't know if I should go to law school. I'm 35. And, you know, and she said, I said, you know, in three, she goes, well, in three years, you'll, you'll still be the same age. So why not do, why not do it? So instead of taking out a whole bunch of student loans, she said, come, you know, come move back here with me and stay with me. So, so she's, she's still in Point Loma. So that I mean, was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's tough. There's a lot of people who, um, I mean, Getting a law degree is much different than getting a real estate license. I'll tell you that much, just in time frame and price alone. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, but you know, once you de- decided to go on your own, what was that like? Been you know, partnering up with somebody and saying, okay, we're now not only are we practicing law, but we're a business. We need to acquire customers. What was what were some of the struggles that you saw early on? I think it's the this the. the probably the big struggle is just the cost of, of how expensive it is for people to get divorced. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of wanting to be able to help people. You still have, you know, certain things that have to be done and how long it's going to take. And there's not a lot of people who can afford that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. So it was really getting out. Do you do, um, do you advertise? Do you do, you know, your best Custom, customers, if you want to best clients, come from referrals you know, mm-hmm. from people that you've helped in the past and and that sort of thing. So it that's really the I think that's the big struggle. How much you know? Do you advertise? Do you do this? And you have all there's all kinds of rules and regulations when you're a lawyer and as to what you can advertise and not advertise and that sort of thing. So really, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really strict. Why, yeah, it's probably why we we see so little advertisement of lawyers. Very specific. You see a billboard maybe. You see park benches, maybe. Um, their commercials aren't very good because they're just a bunch of disclosures. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, what, what, so what can you do? What kind of stuff have you, have you used that you've seen that's worked? Um, in terms of advertising yeah, like or how, just... How you're, how you, what worked for you personally, getting your message out? Just, I think, getting out on the, getting out and meeting people. I mean, just getting out and, and meeting different people and different, um, whether it's a, a, a networking group, I'm part of a networking group, Six Degrees, that's been a great organization, and, you know, posting stuff on your, on your, you know, maybe blogging or posting stuff on your Facebook account or that sort of thing. Just really trying to educate people. I mean, it really is. My goal is to educate people on the law and then you decide, hey, here's what, you know, here's what I want to do. Because it's ultimately your decision. I'll tell you, I mean, we can litigate anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can, you know, someone might say, well, I want that couch. Okay, well, we can litigate the, you know, you're going to get that couch. It's going to cost you $5,000 to litigate a $500 couch. Do you really, really want to do that? It. Is it worth it? Yeah, and it's not. And, you know, some people think, oh, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do it. But I know what happens on the back end. So, and you're not going to be happy even if you win. Mm-hmm. And so I really try to keep keep that the honesty, you know, honesty about what's what's happening. And I'm really settlement I really try to settle cases. That's the best. That really is the best thing. And in addition to settling, I mean, that's, I volunteer my time as a pro tem settlement judge with the court. 
and, and volunteer my time in helping the parties and the attorneys reach an agreement so you don't have to go to trial. So what, what do you mean by that? Like, elaborate a little bit. Does that mean you're a mediator? You get in between two, uh, a, a, a case? It's, yeah, it's not even, I'm not even a mediator. So, for example, um, each, each courthouse has mandatory settlement conferences. So before anything has to, before anything goes to trial, you're required to try to reach a settlement. So what will happen is the court will set a settlement conference, and you'll have the attorney and their client, and, you know, the two attorneys and their clients, and then... I'll say, okay, I'm going to volunteer on you know this Friday in South Bay f- for four hours from you know eight to nine, nine to noon or eight to noon or whatever eight thirty to noon, and so the attorneys will each provide me with their briefs, their settlement briefs, a couple days before, and I'll look at them. I'll look at the briefs and I'll say, okay, well, you know, here's where I think the here's what I think here's what the law is. Here's what I think the court would would do, and here's what I think would be a good settlement. You know what? And then when we get to the, I get to the court, and then we, I meet with the, the the attorneys and the parties, and we go over everything, and we try to reach an agreement, and and I'm pretty successful at it, just getting people to. And we write everything up right then and there, and then you walk right into court, and you either you, you write it out, roll up, and then the court takes it, and we'll sign it, and the court will take status a lot of times, and you'll walk out of there divorced. Like, if you want to walk out of there as single, we can do that today. And if you really want to reach an agreement, we can do that. I have everything there ready and ready to sign. And, that's and it's a, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It takes the fight out, for the most part, from it getting really ugly yeah. in, in, a, in a court case. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, when there's kids involved. What kind, of, what kind of things should a couple that uh, is already going through it emotionally what should they be looking for in an attorney or in their case to help them smooth over a transaction as best as possible when there's kids involved? It's really about the best interest of the children. And I think you need to find an attorney that really subscribes to that. I mean, again, there's sometimes when you do have to litigate and, and fight about custody and that sort of thing. But I think you really want to make sure you have an attorney that that keeps you focused on the best interests of the children because it's hard. Is I mean, they're good. The parents are good. They're just in a really emotionally tough spot. And so sometimes you have to say, okay, well, instead of us fighting about you know the drop off being at five, you know, five p.m. because it's better for you. Really, what's in the best interest for Susie? You know, mm-hmm. maybe Susie doesn't want to stay at daycare for two extra hours or something so let's think about what's really best for her or making sure that people understand that I know you might hate your spouse or your soon-to-be ex-spouse or the mother or the father of your child but your child doesn't that's mom or that's dad so you really have to keep that in mind you, you really have to focus on that because all the child really wants is for mom and dad or the parties to not be getting a divorce or not splitting up. And since that's usually not the case, you just want to keep them focused on they love you both you love them, and not demonize the other one, not talk bad about the other one. Not not. Sometimes you can't avoid that. I mean, as an attorney, anyways, you can't avoid that as a as a party. You know, that's good advice. To not demonize the other one. But as an attorney, I mean, you guys kind of have to take uh, a very legal, very representative standpoint. And so it's, you know, it's tough because in your world, you guys get a really bad rap. 
And it's always because one side doesn't like you. <laughs> it's good right. just, I'm used to not being liked. Yeah. Right? I'm the, sure there's a you know, voodoo doll, tiki dolls, you know, somewhere yeah. up there with pins. And, yeah. yeah, and, and, and oh, it, twice. It's, it's one of those where you, you kind of got to grow some thick skin. So how, how long do you think it took you to like have that thick skin? Because it's not easy. Luckily, you know, you're not super famous where you're reading a bunch of comments, but you can feel the hostility from the other side. How do you how do you deal with that sort of thing? Well, sometimes you get hostility from your own client, you know, because sometimes you get that the judge will rule against you. I mean, you'll go in and go, okay, well, we'll try. Here's what we'll do. We'll try or here's what I think will happen. And then the court will do something. They have a lot of discretion and they always try to do the right thing. But you'll get a decision not in your favor or something not in your favor. Or maybe you'll get 10 things that you wanted and one thing that you don't. And then your client just hates you and thinks that you're the worst person and the worst attorney on the planet. Because you didn't go 10 for 10. Because you didn't go 10 for 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard. And I just always try to remember what it was like for me and how I felt and know that it's not personal. And a lot of times they'll come back after the fact and go, you know what, you, you are right, I need to look at it, you know, when I've got enough time away from it that I'm, okay, now I can see things a little bit more clearly. I'm not just in the thick of the emotion. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to, you know, shake it off. And I mean, I guess that's where my East Coast roots come in. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> you, you had mentioned that you had kind of always wanted to be in law. Did mm-hmm. you always want to practice family law? Mm-hmm. or did, Yeah, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was a quick, yeah. easy answer. That was a quick, easy answer. <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me ask you about more on the, on the hostility part, because you never get to really talk to an attorney and say, hey, man, people hate you. What's mm-hmm. up? How do you deal with that? So um, have you ever felt like you've been in danger, like where a client or the other side of the table, like the hostility is to the point where you're worrying about your, your physical well-being or your family's well-being. Has that ever occurred? Yeah, you get some people who are really aggressive or, you know, will come to your office. It, you know, a few years ago, I somebody came to the office and they write letters to you or, you know, how do you sleep at night? And, you know, God says you're not supposed to get divorced and how could you do this? And, you know, you're an awful person and that sort of thing. And you just hope that they're not, you know, that Malicious. unstable or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. but I have never had to have yet where I needed a restraining order or anything like that. I mean, I, I had had to have somebody, the bailiff walk me out. No, once or twice in court, but but those are yeah. But those are few and far between. I mean, mostly it's just people just give them twenty four hours yelling and you off. and telling you how much they hate you and you're just an awful human being. I mean, that's that's a tough profession to be in. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to be you're essentially the hero and the villain mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because a lot of times you tell people things that you they don't want to hear. A lot of times. A lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are literally the bearer of bad yeah. news on a daily basis. Yeah. And then you go home and smile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it. I mean, it is what it is, and it I is. I do, and I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand with people, and and you know, but it, at the end of the day, you know, you, you married her, you married him, and you had kids together. So now you kind of have to not, not roll with it, but you kind of have to roll with it, and let's sure. let's do let's do the best that we can with what we have. I mean, a lot of times you're going to get a fact pattern or something that's just 
okay, I can't turn back the clock because yeah. you know I don't have the uh, the not, not the Infinity Stone, but whatever it is the the time travel Ooh. stone. <laughs> yeah, she, she's yeah. a superhero yes, then. Right. All right, that was great. <laughs> That was that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, you tickled our fancy on that one. Total, totally me. Yeah, that was, that's all me. <laughs> that one gets a high five. Get a high right. five. That was <laughs> we went, we, snap. That was wonderful. I was like, <laughs> yeah. You should have seen it. Facebook, you guys couldn't see it, but James James ears perked up. It was pretty great. You can see his ears perk up through his headphones. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely was excited about the end game trailer that dropped today. So, oh yeah. <laughs> I only watched it like eight times before eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of some fun stuff. So attorneys know other attorneys. I'm assuming you guys kind of hang out at conferences, events, trainings, continuing education, that sort of stuff. Behind the scenes, what do attorneys do? Because I know I'm a teacher in, in the morning I teach and there's times where we'll sit and talk about curriculum and there's times where we vent. <laughs> So what do attorneys do to, you know, release some of that stress? Because I know for sure you carry so much on your shoulders as a human being just to have that empathy for your client. How do you guys release? What do attorneys do or in general, maybe you specific? But what do you guys, what do you find that kind of releases that stress? What do you guys do for fun? Well, I know what I do for fun. I mean, I still exercise and I run. I run marathons and half marathons and I'm actually training for the 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 San Diego uh, Rock and Roll Marathon, Half Marathon, nice. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a gal, Run With Gina is my running coach. She's awesome. So um, so I do that to keep myself sane. And I always I do my running in the wor- and my workout in the morning. So, that I, so I'm up really early so you, and do that. And then... So you have a, a specific schedule that you go through on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about your schedule? When I, you mean when I wake up? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wake up and I look at what my, how many miles I have to run in the morning. And so I'll run and then I'll do my workout and then I'll get dressed and get to the office and... Wait, run is before the workout? Yeah. Oh, yeah, see. yeah. So I'm up early. I'm up, I'm usually at five. five. Oh. Yeah. Another 5 a.m.? Another 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Anybody we talk to that has uh, success at their business, we're always curious about what their schedule is like, what their morning routines are, what things that they do on a regular basis, because you find a lot of similar things amongst a number of fields of people who are successful in whatever it is they do. And so, you know, waking up early is one of those things, exercising in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do, James? What do we call them? Motivations? Your uh, affirmations. Affirmations. Meditations. You know all these different types of morning practices. So I was curious. You know, as an attorney, I mean, I'm so. Oh man, how much exercise you do is incredible. I, I get. I'm not a runner. This this one over here, he's the running fool. He likes to run. Nice. But uh, uh, me, I do it, but I don't do it willingly. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So you wake up 5 a.m. You work out. You run. What else do you do before you head out to work? Um. That's pretty much it, because the night before, I've already written down my six things that I want to do that I want to get accomplished tomorrow in the morning, you know, the next day, so I, I do that, and so I do my exercising, I do my running, and then I'll head to the office is usually what I do. I mean, so I'm try- I always try to get to the office between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, and now that I don't have a two-hour commute. Makes it so much 10 easier. minutes, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. oh yeah, because you're in Chula Vista, so yeah. you're coming right up the freeway, yeah. you're ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so at work, how much of your time do you spend 
in the actual like you know litigation or going over files and how much of your time do you spend in uh customer acquisition or client acquisition Hmm. in terms of percentage that's a really good question i guess i should probably have that information because it really varies according to i mean if i've got something really big coming up a trial or something like that then more of my time is going to be spent on that or you know i might be working on some marketing and the phone rings oh, she won't drop off the child and it's supposed to be my day. (laughs) Really, it's supposed to be my day and what do I do? And here's the order. And so then I'm on the phone, the opposing counsel. Hey, here's the order. She's not dropping off, whatever it is. And so before I know it, you know, four hours have gone by and, oh, wait a minute. Now I've got to go back to what it was that I was trying to do. So that's the thing with family law. You get a lot of emergencies when you have custody. Yeah. Yeah, Not everything. Not everything is. For them. For them it is. For them it is. But you know what though? I mean, when you say that, the fact that you're helping them out and handling that, that, I think that's where your referral base comes in. So, yeah, part of it, part of your day is, you know, handling those situations. But I think the other part of it is those people, as much as, uh, you know, you have one raving fan versus one sworn enemy, the fact that you help them do those things and get those answers to them and solve their problems, I think that essentially is a lot of your marketing, right? Because you like you said earlier you're limiting yourself to the dollars that you can spend in the ways that you can spend them so you can only really do those things well and the big thing people complain about lawyers is the lawyer never calls me back Mm -hmm. you know nobody called the lawyer and i never know what's going on or if i talk to a potential new client well what did the lawyer say well i don't know the lawyer didn't explain it to me and i take painstakingly i mean i want to make sure that i'm always getting to talking to the client or if they call if somebody calls because it's important it's their child it's their life it's their oh my god he hasn't paid the mortgage we're gonna get a you know we're gonna get evicted whatever it is and they need to be able to talk to somebody so if somebody calls i really try to always be able available to pick up the phone whether it's a potential new client or or my my client you know whether it's by phone by email you know i forward my calls with if i'm not at the office and and I really want people to be able to reach me and, and do that. So I think that's been the reason why there's been more of a, a of a referral base, that, you know, that sort of thing, because people are really appreciative. Even if you just take 10 minutes to call, you know, if somebody's calling and, you know, I got a call yesterday, somebody was driving and just happened to Google me and called, and I have a question. You know, I spent 15 minutes on the phone with him. Did he retain me? No. Did he need a lawyer at that point? No. I just told him, and here's the, here's the situation, and if this happens, then you know where to find me and call me back. Yeah. You yeah. know, here's where I am, and people are really appreciative of that. It doesn't take that much. It's, just, it's not a big formal thing. It doesn't have to be a big formal thing. Just... And yeah, just which, understand people are people and need some help. Yeah, what you're describing is a perfect testament of what we always say. I mean, our number one rule in business is to be of service to others. Um, I was I was talking to uh, the real estate marketing dude earlier today, and we were talking about leading with value. And it's one of those concepts that um, I knew about, I knew existed, but I don't think really came into play until we started doing the podcast. So we can bring in someone like yourself. We can focus the attention solely on you, give you all the everything you need as far as marketing material, as far as content, give you a platform to talk about you, and that's the value that's coming in, which is the reason why you're like, okay, I'm going to go on these guys' podcasts that I don't even, <laughs> I've never even met that hit me up on the phone, right? 
but but it's because we're we're leading with value and it's the reason why the next question that i'm going to ask you is who you're going to tag on the podcast for the next episode it's the reason why that you're willing to do that because we lead with value and i think that is transcends every business doesn't matter what you're in even an attorney who has people that don't like that person there are people on the other side that love that person because of the service that you provide so you know thank you for being on the show we really appreciate it i told you half hour runs fast oh right? i know so that's quick great. that's great so i know well quick. that's the reason why uh, when i listened to your podcast and knew how you operate pro- yeah i mean that's important it's important oh, absolutely me, so absolutely so um do me a favor Tell the camera how they can get a hold of you should they need your services. You can call me six one, the old-fashioned way, 619-271-7636. You can send me an email, um, Donna at DenimFamilyLaw.com. You can check out my website, DenimFamilyLaw.com. You can find me on Facebook, DenimFamilyLaw.com, or Facebook, DenimFamilyLaw. Um... I think that's pretty much it. it. Or you could see me running around the streets of Chula Vista. There you go. go. (laughs) Hey. Half marathons. Look, there goes a lawyer. (laughs) Hey. That looks familiar. All right. And then lastly, who do you want to tag to be on the show? I would like to tag uh, my husband, Gary Denham. There we go. Mm -hmm. And what does Gary do? He is a consultant. He teaches leadership through public speaking. Ooh, yeah, you hear that, ladies? Yeah, and gentlemen? he's a retired. Yeah, retired Navy SEAL for 21 years, and then after that, he went to. Uh, he was the director of instructor development at the Buds in Coronado. So, if you were, if you wanted to be an instructor, you had to go through his course and teach how to be an instructor and leadership and. Yeah. 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 Just Plus, the- he taught eighth grade history to eighth graders too. So yeah, that's going to be a huge wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to look forward to that Yes, yeah, so he's got an interesting, uh, yeah. And you got a little pool, so you can tell him, hey, they were, it was cool, it was fun. It was oh, easy. there you go. Come over. <laughs> you go. Come over for a swim. There you go, there you go. Yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Bunch of great, useful me. information. Thanks, thanks for having me, really. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. This and is great. Thanks for letting me ask you some uh, tough questions. Like, <laughs> you know, people don't like you. It's not always the easiest thing <laughs> to talk about, but, you know, appreciate it anyways all right ladies and gentlemen by the way if you have a problem getting a hold of her because you know you don't have a phone it's in your pocket <laughs> it's that thing that you go on the internet with it's still a phone it works um you guys can always hit me up hernan at csfresh.com my telephone number is 619-884-4915 or for all your insurance needs james at csfresh.com 619-884-0045 or on our uh social medias at business bros pod that's all we got for you guys today peace Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 